Welcome, friends. It is The Verb. And uh, this is my Verb Pod year in, a, year in Review episode. We had a great one-year episode the other day that we released. Uh, I mean, technically speaking... The verb pod, as discussed on the last episode, didn't really start till June, technically. But I figured, you know, I've been rocking with you guys, doing my own thing for a while, and I decided that I wanted to do my own independent retrospective of the last year. Um, I have laundry going right now and I have about 45 minutes on that. So I figured this was a perfect time to have a little chat with you guys, my booskies, and get into some stuff that either Mike never wants to talk about or whatever. So hello. How are you doing? Mental check-in. It is March 23rd. I, uh, I once dated someone whose birthday is today. And, uh, I do not give him any shouts. And I hope that he's doing not horrible you know, I don't, I don't wish, um, bad things on anybody really. Um, I don't want that karma, but I just gotta say, I just have to be very honest. I do not, I don't wish him the best, um, on this day of his solar return, but I guess I also hope that he's healthy enough and uh, that he, as he got older, learned how to be a better man, a family member to his family, uh, learned to stop uh, telling untruths. 
I hope he stopped womanizing. Um, yeah. Uh, so, hope he's not doing the best that you could, but also hoping that he's alive. And I think that's the best I can do um, in this instance. Woo! All right, got that out of the way. Drinking some green tea. Um, feeling really cute and sexy. Um, also, besides doing my laundry, I just, um, which kind of goes with the year that was, I just put a bunch of Moroccan oil all over my hand and then put gloves over it. And I'm hoping for like a deep hydration replenishment because the moral of this past year in some ways, ladies, men, whoever you are, whatever your gender, however you identify, how jacked has uh, your hands been, especially your cuticles in this year of over sanitization, over washing. Um, I have the keels like extra strength solves. I moisturize all the fucking time. I mean, I might be a tomboy, but I'm still a woman. And my shit just always feels jacked. I used to be known for my like ultra soft hands. The joke was because I did no manual labor. Ha 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 ha. Funny joke. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck you. Well, guess what? I do dishes a lot now. That's like my greatest contribution to... um our domicile, I suppose. And, um, you know, even when things opened up a little bit more during the summer, I was recovering from my appendix stuff, but also I didn't trust enough um, getting a manicure or pedicure. Just like, was like, this just seems like low priority uh although it you know I mean no one likes <laughs> no one likes having um jacked hands and especially in a social media age where I um especially on my Instagram if you follow my private Instagram if we know each other in real life um you know I do a lot of Instagram stories to kind of creatively or comically catalog these days. Um, and I think, I mean, partially because I'm just not this type of person, not showy about, um, like, relationship stuff, I suppose you would call it. But um, so, for instance, when I got engaged... Uh, because of this, uh, the dryness of my, my hands. I mean, this was May. So I got engaged May 18th, the day before my 40th birthday. And, um, when people 
who like who found out that we got engaged uh, found out they're like where's the picture like why haven't you posted a picture of the ring la 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 I'm gonna be real with you guys I didn't post pictures of my engagement ring because I had no um, manicure, my cuticles were jacked, and my hand looks like I've been roaming um, the Sinai Valley for 40 days and 40 nights. Shouts to my Jewish people. Uh, You know, so... Like, (laughs) it's just really, like, when your hands and, oh, I have, look, I am an Eastern European Jew, so I'm always see-through white, basically, but in this instance, like, I mean, my legs, (laughs) I don't have time to be like as like insecure about my legs because I tend to wear jeans most of the time anyways, but, but the hands, like I gesticulate so much and they're always out on front street. So this, um, excuse me, this moisturization, excuse me again, this moisturization inadequacy, this disgusting um, hydration issue on my hands is just, uh, you know, not, not the most important issue in the world by any means, but a personal kind of thing, like, and also I have anxiety, you know, so, and, uh, part of my anxiety always manifests, I always kind of, um, nervously pick at, um, my, my cuticle area, and so, yeah, like, it's, it's tragic, uh, and so today I was like, while I pod and, you know, do whatnot, I'm gonna put a shit ton of Moroccan oil and also I put some olive oil and then I put these um, clear gloves that we have around the house over it so right now as we're talking I'm um, moisturizing I'm doing like my version I mean I don't have any paraffin wax just like you know laying around Um, so I'm hoping this might lock in some moisture um but time will tell so yeah so um this last year has been a lot of cracked cuticles and disgusting hands and I mean my feet are not much better but whatever (laughs) guess I should finally get um a manicure pedicure now that I'm vaccinated so we will see maybe by the next verb pod I will have a mani pedi to report and 
um, maybe then I will be like, sun's out, bun's out, look at this, look at my sexy body. We will see. All right, so I was going to do like a, like a retrospective, kind of like the beginning of our last pod, but then there's so many things that are annoying the living shit out of me. I feel like if I do the retrospective all the way, then I'm going to overlook all the things that are pissing me off or intriguing me or whatnot. So you're going to get a little bit of it all. The last year of um, this, you know, this year of COVID has been what feels like a never-ending acid trip, you know, we had the absolute worst president at the, the beginning of this, this, you know, pandemic, who, let's face it, like, he purposely made it so things didn't get better. We didn't have to have over 500,000 people die um, if he had been honest about what had been going on. And um, it, I mean, you know, it will never be prosecuted correctly or at all, but um, it can be, I think it can be strongly argued that our last president, um, is a murderer. <laughs> That's my opinion. Don't get all mad. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's just, it's very heavy. Our economics, whomever you are, whatever industry, very few people, um, financially have had a very secure financial last year. I'm sure there's a lot of people even in high earning industries that you probably didn't get bonuses in your respective industry because of the nature of the economy. And, um, you know, also the one thing I will say, no matter rich, poor, in the middle somewhere, um, educated, not educated, la 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 la, I will say still the collective um, trauma and the experience that we all have have gone through and are continuing to go through with COVID has been somewhat of an equalizer. Um, it's an equalizer that, of course, I wish never happened, um, but it's it's just it's true. It's like how often in our lifetime um, have so many people at one time been going through extended periods of trauma, you know, um, medical trauma, economic traumas, so on and so forth. So, you know, in one regard, that's been um, comforting. And as I've said before in other podcasts, it seemed like for the first few months of this 
crisis, um, the collective humanity seemed to be at its all-time best. I feel like people were giving more grace to things that they normally would not. Like, say you got a food delivery. And say they fucked up your order or they missed something, blah, blah, blah. I would think that most people during this last time are just so grateful that they can be fed, that they had enough money for the delivery food service, that they had enough, you know, they were supporting the local business, obviously um, Uber and DoorDash and all those are complicated issues. Um, and I'm not going to go on that diatribe right now, but, you know, for a basic, like, overview, like, maybe before COVID, you person listening got a fucked up order and you called the restaurant, cursed them out, um, gave your delivery driver a poor rating, um, you know, all the worst impolite traits of our society. Because, you know, pre-COVID, everyone, you know, the customer is always right. You know, that's what you're taught in, like, basic um, customer service, like, terminology. So you'd be like, I didn't pay blah, blah, blah to get this, like, fucked up thing. I I think most people in the last year were like, everyone's just trying their best. I'm not going to say anything because that could affect the driver or the restaurant or whatever's bottom line. Um, you don't want to be that, like, human form of a, a Yelp, bad Yelp, you know? A lot more grace, a lot more understanding, a lot more solidarity, uh, the illusion that maybe more people were going to come over to the um, school of thought that um, capitalism in its modern form is probably not the way to go because, um, you know... Right now, the inequality is that much more glaring. Uh, so, yeah. But but overall, I'm going to try to keep positive about as much as I can. Um, there are people listening to us. I'm, I'm looking at some of our analytics right now. There's people listening to us in Virginia. Hello, Virginia. Ohio. Hello, Ohio. Florida, Georgia, Massachusetts, Maryland, Mississippi, North Carolina, Texas, Utah. Hello, Mormons. Um, that wherever you're listening to us from, Russia, Taiwan, Australia, Wherever you are geographically, we are all experiencing the same thing. We all had lockdowns. We all had 
to different degrees, I guess, um, in foreign lands, but like, you know, there's been a lot of death and sadness and sickness and, you know, those people that did survive, if they got COVID, sometimes it might be six months ago that you got it and you're still dealing with respiratory issues and I think whomever you are you know there's solidarity like I can be like there's somebody right now in Mississippi who is having the same fears about bills being paid and and um you know pre-vaccine stuff like if there ever was going to be a vaccine how many years it was going to take and we're all just kind of in the standstill together and all in this isolated isolation period except for you kooky people that either don't believe in covid or didn't take it seriously enough or thought it was some left left-wing uh, socialist propaganda blah 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 you know whatever you weird people think so I don't know it just gives me solace in a way like no matter how physically apart so many of us are like we also will never in our lifetime like well I I hope we won't forget that we really need to lead with our humanity and connect to people in the most like um honest way possible and while we might not all be the same um we've all been we've all been resilient and scared and um most of us have been trying to be good citizens, be um, supportive of our community and our businesses and take pride in keeping your neighbors safe. And, and so that's been cool. Okay, so that was positivity. That was pretty positive for me. No, sincerely. Okay, so... Hmm. That's one thing. Uh, like I said, engaged and married within, um, huh, let's see, okay, engaged May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December, and married seven months later. Not the traditional wedding, not that I'm a very traditional person, that I envisioned I sincerely envisioned renting out a bar for like a super extended happy hour with the people I love um and my parents obviously and my brothers and family members blah blah and um just getting super trashed probably doing e And partying to the wee hours of the morning um, and agonizing over finding some sort of dress 
that's my style. Probably from a thrift store, whatever. Am I going to do it now? Um, or as things improve, like, um, it's looking like maybe by the end of the summer or early fall things, like maybe our country will be to 80% uh, vaccination. And, uh, you know, so like part of, you know, I've had friends ask me, have you started planning now? Now that there's like kind of like the light at the end of the tunnel. And I've got to say, I don't know if it's just because the way I'm uh, wired or 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 maybe it's depression. But like, I just feel like it's too belated now. I almost feel like to have a belated, um, I'm staring at my cat who is like really creeping me out right now. Part of me feels like it's so belated, like engaged, like not like saying this, like who cares about me? Because I know people care about me. I know a lot of people care about me, but Part of me does have this kind of thing where it's like, I just would feel, part of me would feel just silly making a spectacle like so down the line. But as I said in my last, um, our last episode, does not mean, even if we don't do a belated reception of some sort, doesn't mean I'm not registering and I want my retroactive bachelorette party and I mean I need to figure out some way for people to like celebrate but maybe just like not put so much pressure on it maybe not rent out of space maybe just like be to people hey Meet us at this time at this bar and come have like sh like come buy us shots or something. I don't know. TBD. And I could also completely change my mind. Like as I see maybe um, our world go back to a semblance of what it once was before March of last year, like, maybe I'll be like, you know what? It's time to rage and, like, you know, go all out. I mean, I, I think for me, the hardest thing about the getting married, how we did, which was over Zoom, was that, like, for me, like, my dad is, like, one of my best friends and so important to me and also my mom is one of my best friends so important to me and even though my brothers um drive me insane <laughs> and and whatnot I still love them they're my fucking brothers like we I love them 
and I would have really loved them to be present. They weren't even on the Zoom. The only person that was on pretty much was Mike's brother, who was our witness and behind a, a like screen. His brother rigged up a um, a like um, another computer screen. So my sister-in-law Jen, my mother-in-law, who's also named Jen. Side note: It's so interesting. So my mother-in-law is Jenny. My sister-in-law is Jen. We don't really call her Jenny. Um, and they're both redheads. It is very interesting. Anyhow, so they were there. My father-in-law, um, which I'm still getting into the fucking, um, the whole name thing, the new, like, naming convention thing is really weird like I still um recently Mike and I started a, a joint bank account for instance and it was the first time I ever <laughs> wrote my new last name I hyphenated so I'm Lauren my maiden name hyphen my my married name and like I was like, my my pen was kind of shaky because I was like, oh my God, I've never written, like, I've never, like, I've been one name so long and my last name is a big part, verb, like, well, it's more than verb, but like, verb is part of my last name that, that nickname is based off of, so like, I'm, I've been being called like some facsimile of my last name since middle school. So now to have this like new identity or even to just like say things like husband um, or brother-in-law because I, I had sister-in-laws. I have sister-in-laws because my brothers are married, but like, I think, again, like, I just, um, I think I forget a lot that, like, I have more family now. <laughs> that might sound like a duh to you, but, like, I'm just being honest. It's like, uh, for me, it doesn't. It, it still hasn't kind of clicked. So, like, Josh, Mike's brother, I'm used to saying that. Your brother, Josh, or Josh, Mike's brother. I'm not used to my brother-in-law, Josh. Or, like, when he calls, like, what's up, bro, semi-literal, you know, whatever. It's just weird. When you've been you for so long like and I have a very like independent personality and I I it, it's just weird like being somebody's wife I mean to be very honest like 
I think I've said this before, part of me thought I was never going to get married. Like I had hoped so in previous um, serious relationships, like although they were, um, <laughs> although it's, no, I mean, I shouldn't make a joke because every relationship is important because it teaches you something and blah, 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 blah. But, um, yeah, no, there was the people that I, in retrospect, that I thought I might want to spend the rest of my life with, like, um, I really, I'm really, I guess I, I'm, I'm glad that I didn't, (laughs) A, but because I love my husband, but it would have just been chaotic failures probably uh, if I had really married one of them, so the other people. So, I mean, it's trippy. It's trippy to think about those kind of uh, life decisions, like, you know, I only felt like, okay, so traditional marriage, there were two people that I thought that I wanted our relationship to progress to a traditional um, marriage, and then there was one other person who I knew wasn't the marrying kind. And for that one, especially, um, I was prepared, though, my, I, I was prepared to not be traditionally married to that man, but I envisioned a long-term partnership with him and like domestic partnership I guess would be what I had hoped from it and um, yeah I'm glad that I did not follow follow him to different states and countries and and all of that because it would have been a mess and it probably wouldn't have transpired how I had hoped it would anyways. So as all my spiritual teachings have shown me, I am where I'm supposed to be and that's that. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't, I mean, I, I had kind of like, when I met Mike, right, like, a few months before I started hanging out with Mike, um, I had stopped seeing, um, the last person I, I just mentioned, the person that I had a relationship with, sometimes off and on, um, then it, 
the person had moved out of the area, but he was still coming back to the Bay Area a few times a month and uh, for work stuff and to see his family, who he's a native San Franciscan. And so, you know, like we would see each other every couple of weeks still for a, a, a while after he left the area, he moved out of the area. And so I kind of thought, I'm like, well, he's still putting in this, like, effort. So um, maybe we're going to figure it out somehow. And and then, yeah, we did not figure it out. And um, I think that this person was probably um, somewhat deceptive about some maybe possible other entanglements in his life or um, maybe why he decided to really move out of the area. Maybe he was not being forthcoming. Maybe he was um, over emphasizing his desire for me to um, move to where or for me to accompany him uh, to other places, and that really, you know, admittedly, since this is me keeping it real as always, that really broke my heart, because I had really cared for this person for a number of years, and, um, yeah, no, he definitely broke my heart, and I can admit that. So, I, after that um situation it left me i think once and for all i was like i can't keep dating the same not the exact same but the kind of um same same um peter pan um uh, highly intelligent, charismatic, um, very macho, but deep down insecure in retrospect. Now that I've had some time, you know, looking back, like, uh, just like really like, just not like, um, people to, to, um, attach your wagon to their horse, you know, and so I hadn't, I had had enough of those relationships that always seemed to end up the same way that I kind of just resigned to, I'm going to, you know, date or mate or whatever, um, in a more casual way. And I'm going to be okay with that. And I'm just not going to really like envision or plan for um, serious partnership ever again. Because I myself am great. I got my shit together. I was, you know, um, doing really well in my, my professional life. I, you know, was really in a creative zone and, um, I was making great networking and 
it was like, am I going to do gallery stuff forever or do I freelance forever or whatever. So I was, um, I was just kind of like, uh, just, just have fun. Don't, don't get like, like, uh, you know, don't get serious about anyone anymore because you have a bad picker and I'm going to put that onus on myself. I'm going to take some responsibility. I had some things, um, that I hadn't probably healed within myself. And so therefore I kept being attracted to avoidance and, um, you, most likely will not ever get an avoidant um, bonding um, style to give you what you need if you're not avoidant yourself. Like if there's two avoidants, and listen, I have my, from my own past, like I have been told by people that were more into me than I was into them in past relationships. They've told me I'm aloof. I'm hard to to crack. I'm I don't let people get close to me. And you know what? I honor all of those things they said about me because I am that. Unless you, the object of my affection, are somebody who I'm like um really like inspired by, and then I for whatever my level of commitment phobia I think I had done my part with those other relationships to show those men how much I valued them uh, I just never kiss ass and I never chase and I never play myself out so I was just I, you know I think avoidance like the the men prior that I was like super involved with, I think that part of the reason why it didn't work is because I, no matter how much like I love somebody, I have my limit of bullshit. Like do some fuck shit once, depending on the violation, uh, men's stupid, whatever. I can, I can, I can intellectualize a lot of, um, men's stupid behavior because I'm a tomboy. I grew up with brothers. I grew up on a street full of boys. Like I, <laughs> I'm a part of the skateboarding community. I know how men talk or uh, judge, should I say, women. Um, so I kind of got, I kind of got it, you know. So I was like, oh, I'm not gonna overdo this because they're gonna, they're just gonna like turn their ears off anyway. So whatever. But okay, so things had ended with the guy, that guy. I had. Um, Oh God! You know the one thing about being married. Are you, I mean, I guess why should I say are you allowed? Yes, you are allowed. Do you 
people listening, if you are married and you're listening to this, do you ever, like, sometimes, though, think about, like, whomever was the last person you were intimate with before your your now um, husband or wife or whatever you identify as, as um, l- like, locked it down? Like, so the September before I met Mike, this was post-break um, with last dude and like last like serious in my mind like dude and uh, I was just kind of like dipping and doing but my last um casual encounter with a boy I gotta say I went out (laughs) I went out strong kids I went out strong I had sex with this person that I had just solely based on attraction I had thought was hot for the longest time and it happened and it was great totally like everything that when I thought of that person in that carnal way before ever being intimate with him, it was like everything I hoped to just on a completely physical level. And the great part about it and the great part about me is when things are casual in my life, I was back in the day, I was fine with that. If there was emotions attached, you know, that's different. I'm a monogamous person, but but just on a carnal like level because sometimes like when you're casual, sometimes like you you could be grooving and like think somebody is just so sexy and just so amazed and then you hook up with them and it's like tragedy like they're just not they're not the fantasy and it just like bums you up but so this last like casual um encounter was like so good that I feel like the person sucked out my sexual like energy I was like so, um, my, my socks were knocked off, like, so much that I was, like, almost disinterested in intimacy after him. It's hard to explain. And so I was just kind of, so even more so, I was like, I'm dormant and I'm cool with it. That way I can just focus on my job and all that and then finally around February or March of that year um, is when Mike asked me to hang out like for real for real and the rest as they say kids is history like I really tried hard though to not like him excuse me not because I didn't like him because I did 
not because I wasn't attracted to him, because I was super attracted to him. He's so handsome. He's so cute. But I was like, no, I'm breaking my my promise to myself to not love anyone again. And I know that sounds batshit crazy. I never said that I was not batshit crazy. But I really, I was like, I'm just somebody... Love complicates things for me. I am so good at being Lauren. I I am fun. I am intelligent. I am funny. I am an artist. I um I have the greatest like friends, male and female. I have the best family. I have a lot going for me maybe just maybe maybe I don't need traditional partnership maybe my greatest love was supposed to be myself you know like I really really was just like no but that stupid fucking Mike like worms he wormed his way into my um heart chakra and so we started hanging out like february marchish and we were in a like a committed relationship by april which is one of our anniversaries so like and that's it <laughs> and uh april will be four years of See, okay, so anniversaries now. Do I still, is April 19th still our anniversary or is December 22nd when we got married our anniversary? If you are married, leave me a comment on either the Stir Crazy uh, Instagram page or, or, um, or on our fucking Twitter, Podster. So yeah, okay. Anyways, enough about that shit. So yeah, we got married. I almost died this last year. Uh, we got Birdie, the cat, who I'm staring at right now, who is laying on the ground just staring and who's been super weird. She's like in her non-horny part of her um, cycle. And I'm just scared that she's going to start getting horny again and yelling. We really need to get her fixed soon. But you can't do it if she's like in the heat cycle. So we're keeping an eye on it. Anyways. What has been on my mind. Okay. San Francisco people. Um. <laughs> my friend, I didn't. Anyways, so. <laughs> fucking um 
San Francisco politics is so dumb. Um, it's funny that, um, you know, Tucker Carlson loves to say that we are these crazy liberal people because if you're on um, Twitter, next door, like Facebook, if you read the San Francisco Chronicle, you would think that um, Donald Trump is still our president. I mean, like, these people want to recall our district attorney. They say crime is up. It's uh, it, There's cer certain types of crime that are, I guess, um, more pronounced. Uh, but, hey, note to self, people. When you're faced with um, economic uncertainty and um, there's like a hundred something or 200 something million people in your state unemployed and there's more and more people for whatever reason getting, um, I'm in a hard time finding another job, but then also like the um, verification like for people are being like cut off like for weeks at a time as their unemployment insurance gets extended or whatever. It's just a hard time. This nobody as I already stated, like everyone's having a challenging time economically, mentally, all of that stuff. So you got all these people, most of them seem to be wealthy white people. Uh in San Francisco that are like known in San Francisco like political circles because they are like reply guys to like everything so if you talk about the DHS Abudin they're gonna respond and they're like trying to recall him and everything's his fault because they think that he wanted to become DA I think because to criminalize our city as retribution because his parents were felons like literally his dad's still locked up I think um yeah like if you're listening to me try to explain it and you're like I'm not following guess what I I know more of the story than I'm probably ex better than I'm explaining it but like I I'm with you listener like it's like wait like, I'm just trying to, like, chart it all and, like, the reaches of these people are pretty insane. Um, they like our mayor, even though she's corrupt, and her ex-boyfriend, who was the head of Public Works, not the nightclub, but the actual Public Works of San Francisco that, like, clean, tr like, the streets and, uh bake graffiti and all that shit so they like her and they praise her when her and Dennis Herrera sues her own school district so the mayor and Dennis Herrera are suing the San Francisco Unified School District why That is a good question. Why? 
if you go by what you read in op-eds and the Marina Times, which is this weird right-wing um, self-published uh, news rag from one of the most, like, white and dumb fucking, like, parts of San Francisco. Surprise, surprise. Um, you'd think, like, we're living in hell. These people want shoplifting to be a felony. They're really mad at um, sirens waking them up. If you don't agree, if you think I'm exaggerating, start a Nextdoor account and read. Um, these people say that uh, the slow street programs that the city has enacted are violently anti-car, anti-vehicle. Um, some people are really um, anti-dog owners. Some pe I mean, these people just seem to wake up white and just be mad all day. I mean, I know that I'm a blustery person myself and I have a lot of opinions on things but like I sincerely like when I wake up in the morning and I go walk down I live on Mission Street when I walk down the street and I see somebody who is homeless or if I see graffiti or if I see a broken window in a car um, I don't, or if my car window's been broken out, I don't curse, I don't curse, um, the DA, and I don't, I don't ever say to myself, this is terrible, this is horrible, like, whatever shoplifting like the way I look at it not always but more often than not if somebody's shoplifting it I choose to believe that most of the time it's out of necessity if you don't have food or if you don't have like a toothbrush or whatnot and you don't have the money you or if you steal things and then barter them for other things to survive I would, I mean, am I really going to get that mad about it? It does suck when you get your car broken into. There's been times when I'm like, come on. One time it happened to me at my old job out in Bayview. And it happened in the middle of the day. And it's a totally, like, packed street. And it was just crazy to me when I walked out of work at, like, 4.30 to go home. I was like, holy shit, my whole back window is busted out. And nobody here on the street saw it or like whatever. But got it fixed. Most of us have the means to like get it fixed. Or, you know, we have our lives. We're breathing air. We have the capacity to love. We have the capacity for empathy. I'm not personally wealthy by any means at this point in my life I'm a fucking struggling artist like so many of you probably listening um I have ramen week still at the age of 40 but 
I also know there's people that are doing way worse than me. And I have empathy for them. And I try to lead with that instead of being like, my life is inconvenienced by X thing. Now, when I read them or read the mayor or whomever, now when I hear people talking shit on educators because somehow kids not being physically educated in school, somehow the responsibility, it, it the onus isn't on the pandemic, which is what took them out of school in the first place, right? So for some reason, enough people are over, these parents are over the pandemic that way I mean most of them they're working from home or whatnot, but they've decided that it's time for kids to go be educated in a physical school now if if there's a healthy safe way to do so and if from Jump Street prioritizing in the first tier of vaccinations or I don't know other states seem to be vaccinating there's some states that are already vaccinating people 16 and up um, I think the resources and the surpluses we're seeing um, where it needs to be I don't understand why there's so many barriers but anyways when it was still new I'll 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 give some benefit of something. So, okay. First thing, when the rollout of the vaccine started, teachers should have been tier 1A along with elderly people, IHSS, like so on and so forth. It's, you know, um, so that way, if everybody who is a teacher and wants to be vaccinated, because obviously you can't force vaccination, but if everybody in January that is an educator or works in a school in San Francisco district uh, was vaccinated or wherever you live, but I'm just talking about San Francisco-centric politics, then okay, after about a month, you know, or so, you get your second shot, blah, 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 and then you're inoculated. My understanding also part of the teachers that the educators, like, issue is that San Francisco, I mean, we have so, our infrastructure is such that there are a lot of older buildings in San Francisco that were built, like, 60s and before, right? And their ventilation systems haven't been updated in God knows how long or if ever. The teachers unions were like, okay, we would like to, you know, I'm scared since I'm at risk, since I'm an older person. Yes, the studies are showing that it's um, less less possible, but not no, not possible for children to get 
COVID, but they can still be carriers. They come from homes and blah, blah, blah. So adult teachers or um, administrative staff and such are like, we want to make sure that our workforce is safe and we need to improve ventilation. And and I don't think any of that is um, is out of bounds, especially like, I know, like, for instance, my kindergarten teacher, Mrs. Hammerstrom, she was an older woman when she was my kindergarten teacher. So I'm assuming there's, like, sincerely, like, 50 50 and up teachers still educating nowadays. What about them? Like, just to be, like, do your job, get back to school. So these people, these parents at home that are tearing their hair out, having to oversee their children's education every day can have a few moments to themselves. I mean, cry me a river. I've said this before and I'm going to remain consistent. And I love my friends and I love my friends with kids and I hope to have a kid too. But, you have these kids. They are forever your fucking kids, right? Boo-hoo. Like, shoulder some of the responsibility. This, like, help community. Um, And come on. You know, what the, f- uh, it just, it's like, come on. So from there... They're trying to oust the the education board person. Uh, and listen, I take all um, it's so convoluted. Um, I see, as I see with so much stuff in local politics and why we need to all pay more attention on a consistent basis to local politics and get involved and why it's important to not just um, vote for national election like president but like and not just for our senator like pay attention to the sheriffs pay attention to the board of supervisors pay attention to um all of that stuff because this is nothing new. Somehow the narrative has gone from of course like you know kids need to be at home la 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 to somehow it's not the mayor's fault who's prioritized um, economic recovery more than public health, which is why we've had to like re like lockdown shelter after reopen. Like you know, we were doing really well, and then we had an upsurge around the holidays, which I knew was going to happen. But also, like you were hoping that people would be like, "Oh, this year I'm not gonna go on vacation or like celebrate." 
the holidays, like, with a big group of people, not go to Tahoe, not, you, you know, whatever. So, our fucking horrible mayor does horrible decisions, and then the trickle-down effect, it affects everyone. All of her, whatever she decides she's going to center, like, a dumbass fucking Ferris wheel in Golden Gate Park, which... Who's going to that? Like, I feel like it's parents that are not living in San Francisco. I feel like it's you. Shouts to the peninsula, you know, 650 forever. But like, I feel like it's it's people down on in the burbs that are like, I need to take my kid somewhere. Let's go to the fucking Ferris wheel. Because I myself, I'm not like, I want to go to the De Young. I need to see that Frida exhibit. I need to see that. Uh, Calder Picasso exhibit. I do not need the Ferris wheel. I need the Academy of Sciences. I don't need the Ferris wheel. I'd rather play frisbee in the fucking field, even though I'm wild allergic to eucalyptus. And so every time I, I like, I just started itching to think about it. Any time I'm, like, even, like, driving by Golden Gate Park, I start to itch. Eucalyptus in me, not homies. Anywho. So, the mayor abdicates her responsibility, passes the bucks to uh, the San Francisco Unified School District's issue. There, I'm sure, is misdirection and bad guidance or inconsistent guidance that the school board uh, is not doing enough or doing too much or, or what not. I, I, you know, I'm, I don't work for them. But I have friends that are educators or work in um, that space. And now the trickle down from all of Mayor Breed's poor decision making. We got Dennis Herrera and London Breed suing their own school district, which is embarrassing, as I stated before. But then you also got it somehow the the district and the education board and these fucking next door Karens and these real estate developers that are putting a lot of money into trying to eradicate our city of more um, not even like socialists or like I'm not even asking for I mean I would love if everybody on the board of supervisors was Dean Preston I would love it because I align with his politics the most but if more people in San Francisco right now were presenting and more people in local government were presenting like Matt Haney, who shouts to Matt Haney. Again, I've spoken before about, um, uh, I, I've been social with him at times in my life. Really great guy. I do really believe that he tremendously cares about the city um, he's a really smart dude. Um, he's a lot more uh, 
moderate than me, but I think he's really, um, he puts a lot of heart into his job. He falters. Like, he's really into these, like, parklets, and I can't fucking stand the parklets, but maybe that'll be my next thing. Anyhow, so now all of a sudden, everybody in these recall efforts and these, like, internet, like, screaming matches or posts on Facebook and Nextdoor and all that stuff, uh, now they're blaming the teachers and parents and these, like, crazy right-wingers or centrists or moderates or whatever they try to pretend that they are they're like praising the mayor and Dennis Herrera for suing the teachers union and they're basically putting the honest on the teachers they think the teachers like don't want to teach their kids they think the teachers are like lazy and trying to play hardball because they don't want to do their job. How fucking offensive is that? And think if you, if you listener, are an educator in the San Francisco Unified School District or, or if you're just an educator in general. I know in other states there's debates over this stuff too. And there's a lot of pressure. But for for people to in such bad faith say these people don't want to do their job they don't want to teach they don't want to help they are being obstructive for no reason like all these like weird things that I read in the chronicle by fucking stupid ass Heather Knight and all of those uh, like what happened to the SF Chronicle by the way uh, I used to like religiously read the Chronicle and now it's just like anti-homeless propaganda just like everything else anyways to my educator friends and to educators that might be listening to this I just want you to know my solidarity is with you. It is not easy. I have educated um, adults in photography. I have so much, um, and I've also uh, I've taught art to children. I have so much fucking respect for full-time educators like I would like to thank all of my educator friends that without you I would not have learned how to write a lesson plan myself pacing of teaching um a class you know multiple rotations like getting into the groove especially when I was educating uh, art to children there is a very different way obviously where you don't want to dumb things down for ch children are very perceptive especially in art but think imagine I was teaching like five to eight year olds I was teaching them like about 
Picasso's blue blue period and we did this thing where they made their um you know their own creation of the infamous guitar and so you want to like give them the knowledge about Pablo Picasso and about the surreal like the art movement that he belonged to but you also have to be aware of how they retain information. You don't want to go too into detail. You have to keep their interest. Like, there's so many things. Like, there's so many balls that you have to juggle to educate children. And I couldn't do it five days a week for not the greatest money it's it's pretty thankless so imagine dedicating your life to that i i do relate to it because i'm an artist which is like i picked the absolute worst thing to um to rely on like in terms of you know a steady income but I'm passionate about it and I'm good at it. And educators are passionate about educating your children and they want to educate your children. And to say anything different than that and to put some sort of weird um, anger at educators and to really in bad faith think that they have um, some nerve to want to protect their health, their family that they go to home to's health if they have them, and their children that they educate, and their families. Like that they don't care and that they don't want to work. And, and they're abdicating their responsibility is just absolutely like it lacks um it 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 lacks uh reasoning to me <laughs> and i'm just increasingly so fucking I'm embarrassed if you are a parent and you're bitching. I gotta say it. If you're one of these people that are beating your chest about about the kids need to get back to school. Nobody doesn't think that they need to get back to school but blood. How about the mayor who just got a from Joe Biden's little new COVID relief thing just got like a windfall of some astronomical, like 650 something million, billion, whatever, uh, to the city, which by the way, she's only giving 3% to save nightlife, which was supposedly supposed to be a greater initiative about the economic relief, la, 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 but Okay, London Breed, are you 
putting in any um, ventilation changes into all these old school like uh, schools what are you doing what are you doing the mayor of this city what are you doing to get kids back to school and why are you allowing your workforce which is the teachers for your school district why are you allowing them to take heat for something they have no jurisdiction over you're the mayor of the fucking city. You get all the praise when very rarely you do something that's smart, you fucking bitch. And whenever you do something awful, which is on a weekly basis, it's always somebody else's fault. You have nothing to do with it. The Nauru scandal, okay, he gave you a car, but it's not what you think, and I am shocked as anyone. Bullshit. Half of your fucking homies have flipped on Nauru and are working with the feds. I can't wait. Hopefully, allegedly, whatever. Don't sue me. So I'm going to say allegedly, hopefully, uh, hypothetically, whatever the words. So to not get in trouble myself I can't wait if maybe karma happens I can't wait to see London Breed who by the way almost got indicted a long time ago when she was on the board and she had like uh, some jobs with um getting people building permits and all that stuff. And she, you know, she and uh, big, big commercial real estate um, developers and stuff. She, when she talks about wanting to, to, to have more um, affordable housing built. No, 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 no. She wants more luxury high-rises to be um, built. And then she wants to make, in all of those new buildings, that are when things normalize, especially going to go for like four grand and up for rent a month. She thinks, oh, in all of these new developments, I will earmark three or four um, apartments for lower income people that are chosen at lottery through the cities, like whatever, housing. Uh, I don't know the word for it, so I'm not going to say it. But anyway, so, you know, for anybody to shit on the teachers, I just implore you, Look at the real fucking devil culprit. It's the fucking mayor. And Gavin Newsom, you're looking pretty, you know. I've been... Gavin's like a lot of my exes to me. I know that he's flawed. I know that he's complicated. I know he's a hoe. I know he loves I know he loves to party party but I still love him anyways. I I I've 
I've been pro Gavin for a long time. I thought I did think he was a good mayor for San Francisco. Some people disagree. I think Ed Lee was the start of hell, but um, and before that, Willie Brown, blah 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 blah. But I've been very able to uh, separate Gavin from his personal life for a long time, admittedly. Um. But the last couple of months, he's, you know, he's started blowing it. And then I just read this morning, for instance, that he outsourced our state's whole vaccine rollout to Blue Cross Blue Shield, who, guess what, in his last... um election cycle donated $300,000 to him to his his election isn't that funny and by funny I mean quid pro I can never say this word quid pro Whoa. Feels a little quitty, right? So you got Gavin doing all his dumb shit, and then he's empowered Mayor Breed. And I think Mayor Breed thinks that Gavin's going to get Diane Feinstein out of the paint once and for all, which, Lord willing, I'm hearing Joey B., our president, might give her husband and an ambassadorship somewhere so she would most likely um, resign from the Senate at that time and uh, move to him wherever his ambassadorship is I totally think she needed to not be in the Senate as like five years ago she should have been gone but whatever so what I think Kamala, uh, not Kamala, sorry, London Breed, it's so hard to, you know, not put Kamala and London in the same, you know, book bag because they're both pretty shitty people and have uh, done no good for the city of San Francisco in their tenure in government here. So my apologies. Anywho. I think London thinks she's going to escape whatever um, whatever hypothetical, alleged, maybe, it's just my hypothesis at this point, whatever you want to call it, uh, involvement with the whole Nauru thing. And like I said, I think like five people, including... The main dude, the lefty O'Doul's guy from San Mateo, bad look, homie. Um, I think even his Nauru's like lefty O'Doul guy, who was the first person popped with Nauru. I think he just flipped on Nauru. So part of me thinks like London thinks, shit. If I if my boy Gavin can get Diane Feinstein out of the paint. And then nominate me or appoint me like he did Padilla 
um, to fill her seat. I think she thinks she's going to be able to outrun the whole corruption thing. And so that's kind of why she's YOLOing even more with no rhyme or reason and letting all these these um, organizations and teachers and people that are basically her teachers, like, you know, she oversees this city. So her, her suing her teachers in her school district and her school district, I mean, what the fuck is that? Cause she's in on, on she's in on all these meetings, these negotiations that are going hours and hours and hours and hours. I'm hearing, and I hear from my friend, they're an absolute shit show. People in the district, I think they're either so burnt out on the strife, or they're just. Maybe they're passive. Maybe it's gone to the point where they're just feeling passive aggressive. They feel like they have no power. Um, everybody already thinks like the worst, like that there's some fucking like leftist, um, <laughs> socialist. Like, guess what? A tenet of socialism, guys, is not like lack of education. So. I mean, even communism, people go to school. So, you know, it's just like, I don't know. I just think London thinks she's going to outrun a lot of stuff. And then she's just like passing the buck to everybody else. And if you're a parent, I just, I would go back to kind of the beginning of my pod and just be like, remember grace, giving people grace understanding the collective understanding we all are cycling through this pandemic and even though vaccinations are starting and that is so exciting we have states that are not being compliant we have variants we have we don't know if we're going to have to keep getting booster shots every whatever months like things are still fluid we're not out of this it's not over um so i guess that what i'm saying my long-winded point as they tend to be is that if you're a parent find your grace and empathy for the teachers the teachers want to educate your children in person they don't like that the statistics and probably testing and whatever is going to show a, a definite loss of, well, socialization. It's very necessary for kids. But also, like, I'm sure academically, it they are behind. But also, can we have grace about that? This is unprecedented times. Like, shit, we didn't even know if, the, I mean, we didn't know if that this could, like, wipe out, like, 500 plus, you know, thousand people. Like, shouldn't we, like, 
honor that um, teachers want to teach, but they just want to make sure that everything is safe for them and for their for the staff of the school and for the children. I think that that's rational. Like, it's the same way when Mike and I do work, especially a couple of months ago. We were doing regular COVID testing. A, so we knew, but also because we wanted to let our our clients that we were still working with during the height of this stuff, like letting them know that we took it seriously and we were um, doing everything possible to um, be responsible and that included like getting regular like COVID testing every like two weeks for a, a while, um, partially so we can share those results with our clients to give them a sense of of like a little bit of security, right? Give the fucking teachers the same sense of security and then it's game on. They're going to go back to educating your kids in person. You're going to be able to go get a massage during the day. You're going to be able to drink some wine and watch like fucking like Young and the Restless. Is that still on? In the middle of the day, maybe watch some Summer House like just give them grace and advocate for them to have their needs met by our city. Don't blame the teachers. Go yell at fucking Mayor Breed. And with that said, I was going to bitch about some other things, but I think it's time to go. This has been real cuties. Thank you for allowing me to explore things that are important to me with you. Um, I hope I made some cogent points. Oh, I just took off one of my um, gloves. Ooh, I just feel like my, I'm glistening, but like, I feel like my, I feel like my hands are like so much softer again. Like almost, I mean, not pre, pre-COVID, but, mmm, might have to do this like treatment once a week. I'm glistening, kids. Like, I haven't seen my hands this moisturized since February 2020. What a journey this has been. Anyways, until we meet again, you fucking slob kebabs. Have a great day. This was a verb pod. Bye.